0: Good morning. It is truly wonderful to have all of you here this morning. Please turn with me in your hymnals to number 549, and we will sing the doxology together. 549. Worship is hymn number 719. But the souls of the virtuous are in the hands of God, nor torment shall ever touch them. In the eyes of the unwise they did appear to die. Their going look like a disaster. They're leaving us like annihilation, but they are in peace. Yet God did make man imperishable. He made him in the image of his own nature, but the virtuous live forever. They recompense lies with the Lord. The Most High takes care of them, for he will shelter them with his right hand and shield them with his arm. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 275, Fairest Lord Jesus. go to the Lord in prayer. My gracious God, we are so thankful that all of us are here this morning to worship you. And Lord, you know that there are many things that are taking place in our lives. And Lord, we lift those things up to you. And as we look to the challenges that we have, as we look to the responsibilities that we face, God, we'd ask that you would remind us always of your peace. And that you're always walking by our side, regardless of the circumstances that we are in. And Lord, many times we don't find that comfort that we need to have. But Lord, remind us again and again of the promises that you have made to each and every one of us. The promise for all of us to always call out to you in prayer. And Lord, we are doing that right now, individually collectively as a body of believers in your son, Jesus Christ. And God, we are not only praying for ourselves, but we are praying for family members, for friends, for patients throughout this medical center, for family members who will be visiting, for the staff that is working today. All of these requests, Lord, and you know of all of them, we lift before you right now. And God, in the quietness of our own hearts, we'd ask that you would just continue your presence That you would open up our hearts and our minds to worship as we sing more hymns, as we read your scriptures, as we pray together. And Lord, we just want to sense your presence in this chapel, as it always is. But Lord, we do not take that presence for granted, and we ask for it now. And God, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 278, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Our scripture reading this morning is Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, you have reminded us by our presence that you want us to worship you in all things. And Lord, I would just ask that that act of worship would continue. In Christ's name, amen. Well, you know, the holidays are upon us. And they are on us very quickly. In fact, you probably have already noticed, in fact, several weeks ago, all the different things and all the different advertisements and all the different shopping opportunities you have to shop for the holidays. And what's always interesting about the holidays is, of course, we get to do some Christmas shopping for our children and for our grandchildren. And, of course, the most rewarding part is Christmas shopping for the grandchildren. They're always lots of fun. And it's always interesting when you give one grandchild a certain gift and others seem to be present at the same event or gift giving, there always seems to be one or two that wants the same gift that you're giving someone else. Anyone else have those kind of issues? You know, I want one like that, or I want one like that. And of course, we have to try to balance that out based on age and different likes and dislikes. But no matter what we do, no matter how careful we are, there always seems to be more than one that wants the same gift that others are getting. And this morning I want to tell you that you and I have been given the exact same gift through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You and I have been given the exact same gift in terms of how we are to live our lives and the same responsibility that each and every one of us has. We have been given that gift. That gift of love that can only come from that personal relationship that we share with God through his son, Jesus Christ. So you and I have that same gift. There needs to be no fussing. There needs to be no fighting. There needs to be none of those things that arise when we feel that someone is getting a better deal than you are getting. We all got the same deal. In fact, the other day we were at one of those pizza places and we were playing some of the games and there's that one game, deal or no deal. anybody remember that game? And I was playing it with one of my grandsons and of course, you know, he's one of, in fact, he's the oldest and he's always trying to figure out how he can get the better deal as we're playing this game. But you and I have been given the same deal. And in this sense, it is deal or no deal. Either you accept what God has given you through His Son, Jesus Christ, or there's no deal. And part of the deal that you and I have is the fact that you and I are to be examples of that relationship, even though we are imperfect, even though I am imperfect. The scriptures have told us this morning that we are to show the fruits of the Spirit the fruits of what we believe in, the fruits of what we trust in, the fruits of those things in which we rely on by truth and by our faith. And it is difficult because this whole chapter of the book of Galatians specifically talks about the whole idea of having that liberty that we have in Christ, the freedom that we have in Christ. But that freedom comes with responsibility. That freedom comes with the whole idea that you and I, when we enter into that relationship with Christ, and His grace has just overwhelmed our lives, and we are no longer part of the law, the things that we have done wrong in our lives are no longer held accountable to us, We still have a responsibility in that freedom, in that liberty, to live our lives reflective of the relationship that we have in Christ. And the fruits of our spirit should be the things that reflect what God has done for us. And of course, in those fruits, the greatest of those, of course, is love. But all the other ones are just as important, in my opinion because they are reflective of the attitude of love in our hearts and in our minds and how we live our lives and I am so thankful that perfection is not on this list because for me if perfection was on this list I would never bear all of the proper fruits of the spirit because I am not perfect But that does not mean that we should not try. That does not mean that we try it once and it doesn't work out and we give up and we just say, ah, we just move on. No. We are to continually reflect the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. Even when I don't get it right, even when you do not get it right, we are to continue and we are to persevere. Excuse me. And love is the greatest demonstration of the fruit in our lives. Love. Love, 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 love. (laughs) Right? But that love is something a little bit more than just emotion or just feelings. As we have discussed here in the chapel before, there are different ways in which you and I love I love certain ways. Lynn loves in certain ways. You love in certain ways. And so love is not the same for every one of us. It is different. We have certain gifts about what love is. The way that we saw love growing up in our families and in our culture reflects about how we understand love and what that means. But what's interesting is Each and every one of us is reflective of what we think in our lives. Everything that we do, everything that we say is how we think in terms of the thoughts that we process within our own lives. The thoughts in terms of how we see the world around us the thoughts in terms of how we see our relationship with God. And that is so important. Because if my thoughts about my relationship with God and your thoughts about your relationship with God are the way that they should be, then the fruits of the Spirit within our own lives can be carried out. Not perfectly, but the fact they can be carried out. They can be used. They can be shown. They can be demonstrated. And when we think about the word love, what does it mean to you? Love is this for us as followers of Jesus Christ. It is how we treat others in terms of how we treat ourselves. To love your neighbor as yourself, right? We know that one. And then loving God, of course, which is the first one, and then loving neighbor is the second one. But that's what love truly represents for us as followers of Jesus Christ. And then we see as we attempt to show that love, we find that joy that we never thought we could have. Now, joy is different than being happy because happiness is based on your circumstances joy is not based on your circumstances so you can still have joy even though all of the circumstances in your life is not working the way that you want it to you can still have joy Even when the circumstances in your life say that you can't be happy, no, you probably can't be happy, but you can still have joy. Because joy is not based on your circumstances. And then we see as we start with love and we go to joy, then we have peace, which is one of those things that you and I probably have the most difficult time explaining about what peace is. Peace for me is when I am right with the world. I am right with myself in terms of my relationship with the world. I'm right in terms of my relationship with God. But just wait a couple of minutes. That relationship will change. And I will no longer have that peace. But the peace that God wants us to have is something in which we reflect on the relationship that we want to have, the ideal relationship that we want to have with God. And I would take it one step further, the ideal relationship that we want to have with each each other that would give us that peace. And I always pray that prayer at the time when we end our services, the peace of God That passes all of our understanding. Be with you now and forevermore. I generally want that for everyone. For each and every one of you. That peace. That peace in which we build upon the other things in our lives. The peace that just makes us okay with the world. Okay with our relationship with God. That peace where we just say, thank you, God. Just thank you, God. Just thank you. But then we see as we go along on this list that the next one is long-suffering. Long-suffering. To have that patience, to have that perseverance, to put up with those things that are not right in your life. To put up with those things that are not right in the world in which we live in. To endure. To hang in there. To keep going. To persevere. Don't give up. Because that is a challenge. And it is very easy for us to give up. It is very easy for us to throw in the towel, to step out of the ring of life and just be a bystander and criticize everyone else that's in the ring. But you see, God wants us to be in the ring. He wants us to be in there, fighting away in a good way. Fighting away, exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. Love, joy, peace fighting a way to be an example to others in our lives, to persevere, to hang in there, to learn patience. And patience is so hard to learn. But you only learn it by participating in what's going on in the ring, not outside of the ring, not on the sidelines, not where it is safe, but involved in terms of what's going on, participating in what's going on in life. Because that's how we learn those things. That's how we put the fruits of the Spirit together. That's how we check the fruits of the Spirit in our life. That's how we grow the fruits of the Spirit in each and every one of us. And then we see on the next list here that it's goodness. Goodness. Do you know anyone that's just a good person? I only know of a few. Where just their presence brings goodness. Just the presence of them being there with you brings the goodness of their life but also the goodness of God's life working in their life. A couple of weeks ago I was with someone that exemplifies I think goodness. The goodness. He was actually a elementary school principal by trade and he has now retired. Him and his wife had nine children together. Now There has to be some goodness in there somewhere, whether it's personal or whether it's professional, because he did a lot of good things in other people's lives. And for those of us that have been involved in education, all of us have received education it's somewhere in our life, I hope. But you do find those people that give of themselves, whether it's in their personal lives or in their profession, where you see the goodness of who they are. And when I just think of him, I think of goodness and what it represents. Because he could not have that goodness unless he practiced love, joy, peace, and had long-suffering. Because if you were an elementary school principal and you had nine children, you had to be able to practice all of those gifts, whether you wanted to or not. And he's that example of someone being in the ring every day, being a participant in the things that were important in life, giving chances to people to better their lives, the students that he had, wanting them to improve their lives, wanting them to learn more things so they can go on and be a better person, so they can even go on and do great things. And then we see reflected in this list that after goodness comes gentleness. Gentleness. I know of people that are very strong physically but yet they have this sense of gentleness they just have that personality that even though physically they are strong they have that gentleness that kindness that softness the kind that is kind of like a big teddy bear right just that gentleness of spirit And then we see that in our lives we have to have faith. Faith exemplifies all the things that we believe in. Faith that many times I know that I lack. I feel like the people in the scriptures when they say, please help me with my unbelief. Please help me with my faith. Because I struggle with faith. I see what the word of God says in terms of the faith that we are to have. I see examples of people living by faith, being fruitful. I was just watching a documentary the other day about someone named George Mueller who had these orphanages in Great Britain. And he was able to take care of orphans in Great Britain in the 1800s. And he never had want of anything. Even with all of those orphans that he was supporting. And the only thing that he would do is he would pray. He would not let anyone know about his need. Only God knew of his need. Think about that. Even in our church today, we would never do that. Well, people have to know your need. How are they going to know your need unless you tell them? And he had that one principle. And I don't know if I could exercise that principle fully. Just pray to God for what my need is. Don't tell anyone. And God will answer that need. And as they were talking about his life, example again and again and again, where they had no food for a meal. And once again, he only prayed to God. He didn't use any kind of marketing techniques. He didn't create some kind of artificial crisis. He didn't start some type of campaign to build a better orphanage. He only did one thing through his faith. And as they talked about the millions of dollars that he received through his lifetime of running that orphanage, at no time did he convey the needs that he had to anyone except to God. And in today's dollars, in terms of what he received back in the 1800s, the value of the gifts that he received in his lifetime, would be worth $180 million in our understanding of money today. By faith. By faith. And it is one of those things in our lives that if I could only just have a little bit of faith, I'm working on that. And then we see meekness. Meekness. To be able to have the strength and the power to do certain things but yet you act in a certain way that does not reveal that strength or power to show humility to be humble with the people that are around you to show the fact that you truly are a believer in Jesus Christ you don't brag about your accomplishments You don't tell others about all the great things that you have done. You reveal a character of meekness. One that reflects all of the other things that we have talked about this morning. Because you have that strength, that quiet inner strength, that you don't have to show to anyone. You don't have to one-up anyone. And we do that, don't we? You're in a conversation with people, and I always call it the me monster. You know, you're at a Thanksgiving meal or you're at a, some kind of social event and somebody's telling a story and you always feel compelled to tell them something greater. Me! 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 In fact, just in the hallway here, we were having a conversation with these two Marines and they were talking about their mortar and their artillery systems, and they were both going back to each other. It was, it was fun to listen to. Always had to do one better. But meekness says, you've been there, you've done that, you have the strength that you drew from that circumstance, and you just move on. And then we see here temperance. Temperance, which reflects The control that God wants us to have in our lives. Self-control. To be able to self-manage our lives. To be able to look at our lives and say, you know what, I'm going to do those things that I need to do for me and I'm going to be disciplined in doing that. And that's difficult. That is difficult to be disciplined to exercise self-control. Lynn and I, we have this place in our cupboard where we have our favorite treats for us. And it's these dark chocolates. And I must admit that when there's a few days when the cupboard is bare and there's no dark chocolate, you start looking for something else to kind of give you that same if you will, endorphin, right, that chocolate can give you. And I know that's a simplified version of control, but we had some yesterday. And we try to limit. The limit is usually four or five. Is that right, hon? Sometimes. But you know, I know it's a silly thing, but you know, it's one of those things where you're like... Well, I'll ask her, do you want any? You know, so I'm picking them out, you know, and then sometimes I have you know, the, one hand, you know, yeah. the one hand here. <laughs> she's, she's laughing. But once again, it's a, it's a simple thing, but the temperance here and the self-control that God wants us to have, of course, goes beyond that. But it is examples of those little things that we do. The self-control to be able to control our emotions, to control our feelings to control our desires. And those are difficult, difficult things for us to do. But as we go through this list, we can see that if we start with love, and then it progresses to joy, then it progresses to peace, then it progresses to long-suffering, perseverance, patience, then it goes to goodness, and then gentleness, and then faith and then meekness, and then temperance, or self-control. We see as we go down that list that each and every one of them builds upon the other. So if you want to have temperance and self-control, you start first with love. Then you go to joy, and then peace, and then long-suffering, then goodness, then gentleness, then faithfulness then meekness, and then you get to temperance, self-control. Because they build upon each other. And so if love is something that you struggle with, and I'll say the love of yourself. I know I struggle with loving myself. And it's not the kind of love that I'm talking about where you get up in the morning, you look in the mirror, and you start kissing yourself because (laughs) you're so great. But the love in our lives that exhibit the fact that we are God's creation. And God loves us just for who we are. God loves me for all of my mistakes, all of my failures. All the times when I didn't show enough faith as I shared with you, I struggle with that so much. But I also struggle with the other things here as well. And we all do. But yet God reminds us again and again that He loves us and that He accepts us just for who we are. And that's where the grace comes into our lives. That's where we see the freedom that is expressed in our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where we see the opportunity for us to grow and to continue to grow. Because the process never stops. The process of living never stops until we are reunited with those that have gone before us, until we are reunited in the actual physical presence of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And until that time, we need to continue to walk in the Spirit of our lives. The Spirit of the presence of God in our lives. Because in doing so, we truly do show the fruits of the Spirit. And we take it one step at a time. We take it one day at a time. Because when we do that, we're able to grow and build upon each step. To grow and build upon each day. And our life just keeps on getting better because of what we believe in. And our Lord and Savior... Jesus Christ that took away all of our sin and said hey you've been made perfect in my eyes come come and be with my father come and be entered into the relationship as the sons and daughters of God the way that it has always been meant to be Amen Amen Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion. And when we publicly do that, we signify our relationship with God in the way that it is meant to be. Let us pray. Our gracious God, you have reminded us in a very loving way what our relationship is meant to be. And God, we just ask that you would just forgive us for the times that we have just messed it up. And Lord, we are so thankful that you remind us again and again, and you give us every opportunity to get it right, and we just praise you for your forgiveness of our wrongs, of our sins, the fact that you just love us just for who we are we do not take that for granted and thank you god for another opportunity where we can get it right the way that it should be in our relationship with you in christ's name amen For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 205. I love to tell the story. gracious god help us to love first and foremost and lord as we love each other give us those other fruits of the spirit that we need to have and now may the peace of god that passes all understanding be with you
1: now and forevermore amen thank you for coming